VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the I Don't Get It podcast. This is Naz. This is Ashley. And Jared's going to be here, but Lauren's not going to be here I today. Know. I'm, I'm always sad when Lauren's not on. <laughs> Lauren's the best. But Jared's going to be joining us because we're talking to this woman named Simone Milases. I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. She's a relationship expert and the author of a book that's about how control is ruining relationships. The book's actually called Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One? Which she actually wrote, funny enough, with her ex-partner, Brendan Watt, who she's still friends with and close with. Um, I can't wait to ask her about that. Uh, but basically, she just gives like no sugarcoating relationship advice. Uh, she's anti-traditional advice. And she thinks like when people wait for the one or wait for Prince Charming, that's like a very bad mentality to have. So we're going to have her on. Jared's going to be on and um, yeah, we'll talk to her about how control is ruining relationships. All right, let's get her on the call. All right. Hello, Simone. So your whole thing, your whole thing in the book is about control in relationships and not sugarcoating things. So let's talk about the four, The I think you said four, four unexpected ways that you're trying to control your partner. So let me know what I'm doing right now subconsciously with Jared that I have no idea that I'm doing. Well, right now, I think you guys actually look awesome. So I'm not, I don't, I don't know. Are you controlling him right now? Thank you, Simone. I appreciate that. <laughs> but don't worry. She controls me constantly throughout our relationship. And I'm sure you'll notice it throughout this podcast. <laughs> That's okay. I'm someone who needs direction. We fit in well. I need direction. She gives me direction. I follow direction well. It's all good. Do you know, I was actually just talking to a guy the other day about that, how it's, that's actually a thing. I didn't realize that, that, uh, what is it called? FLR, female-led relationships. And Oh, yeah, I wear the pants. Yeah, but it's, a, it's actually, yeah. there's four stages. I know that this is not what we're going to talk about, but I was Googling it because that's what he was after was he called it an FLR, female-led relationship, and there's four stages of what it is. And it's basically like the female is making, in his words, like all the choices for the greater of both. And I was like, that's most relationships I know. Yeah, <laughs> well, the female is trying to get away with it. Oh, I mean, Ashley doesn't try to get away with it. She gets away with it. But I also she, I also let her get away with it because I know, like you said, she's making the best decision, not just for herself, but for us together. And why would I ever really try to go against that when I know that she's trying to do the right thing? Yeah, I think, and look, I think in relationships, there's always one person who is more dominating than the other. And yet, 
The piece that I would like to see change is when is when people are trying to dominate the other person and control them and it's not for the greater good of both. Like, you know, as an example, uh, my ex is a keen surfer. He surfs all the time. He grew up, you know, surfing. And when I was with him, at the beginning of our relationship, he'd go out to go surfing and he'd look at me like with this look on his face. And I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, am I about, you know, I feel like I'm about to get in trouble. And I'm like, what for? You're going surfing. But his ex had the point of view, I don't surf, so you can't surf. I'm like, why would I do that? You go out surfing, you're out there for a few hours, you come back, your body is just like vibrating, like every molecule is, you know, it's like you're happy. It makes you happy. Why would I not desire for you to go out and surf and be happy? You come back into the house and it's like, you know, that's the energy I like to play with. So... Yeah, that's like softball for me. That is definitely Jared's softball. But I don't look at you like that unless like it's a family trip and you can't go because of softball. Yeah, that makes sense. Obviously, we have to prioritize, which also for the record has not happened yet. There was a family trip planned that I was able to make work <laughs> with going to softball and going to the family trip. He and was then, just going to go hours out of his way, but it's fine. But it was my own way. You know, you were fine. You're going to go with your family and then I was going to go to softball and then come back with the fam. Like it all worked out. Anywho, Naz, I got a question for you. Naz, in your ideal setting, would you rather be in a relationship where you feel that you're leading more of the decision-making? Do you want your partner to lead more of the decision-making or do you want it to be 50-50 in your ideal that, setting? Uh, That's a good question. I think my ideal, but it's funny because Simone just said most people are in FLR, female-led relationships. I think my ideal is I want it to be 50-50, but I wonder if that's even possible. Like, is that... Does one person always have to sort of take the lead? Are there a lot of successful 50-50 relationships? So I would say uh, yes, but not 50-50 the way you think it is. So what if there was areas of the relationship that you took control and other areas where they took control or they led is probably, let's say leading. Leading is a little bit nicer in that, yeah. in that thing. Like, yeah. So with my ex, it's like he was, uh, I mean, he was in like the top 100 MasterChef in Australia. He's an amazing cook. I'm not going to get the Whoa. kitchen. He's going to jump in the kitchen. Right? Yeah. But I was yeah. the one. I would, yeah. I earned more money. Like I was, I was working more. And uh, so I was earning more money. So that was leading that piece. But he was leading so much of how we lived at home, like literally like renovating the house and doing things like that. And can I also say, and if you, if you guys wanted to go there too, in sex, it's like, how do you like that lead? Like I know sometimes I really oh. like lead, but other times I love being led. So what if it is 50-50? Yeah. That's what I want. And also I think I would be exhausted if I had to lead all of those things. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It would get boring. It's really nice. I, I would be like I would be like be an active participant yeah. in this relationship. <laughs> okay, so maybe I should um reword my initial question. In the book you talk about four unexpected ways that you're trying to control your partner. Is that only in unhealthy relationships or are most relationships people like having control in like the right way? Like okay. controlling um I don't know how to word that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think controlling is ever advantageous. Um, like I said, if we change that wording to when you're leading, uh, I think then, then it can be advantageous because you know, yeah. you know when it's your turn to lead. 
you know, you know when it's your turn. Because if you look at the leading aspect, if you're being a leader in a relationship and a leader in your life, it's like then you are taking someone with you, but you're not telling them what should what should be or what they should do. So I do think that there's a lot of people who do like these uh, ways of controlling a partner and usually it's to do with finance, it's to do with sex, like someone who's earning more money or withhold finances. Um, and then like I've seen a lot of this in a lot of relationships where one person's earning more money, they'll withhold money um, and then the other person will withhold sex because that's what they've got. And it's like, Wow, that's like their currency. Yeah, exactly. That's so interesting. Yeah. Can I can I just have a quick question just so I can understand the rest of our conversation better? Is trying to change your partner the same as trying to control your partner or are those two Good different question. things? Uh, I would say yes. And it's like, well, I don't know. I'm a big fan of like, you know, if, if you want to train something like I see, and especially women, and I, I, I guess I can get away with saying it because I see so many women trying to change someone rather than, you know, looking at the person they just met and being like, wow, how did we get so lucky? What can we create together? Like more of what I would call a creationship. So, and I, I always say, if you want to train something, get a puppy. Cause it's like, do you want to be trained? Like telling someone what to do, I don't get is, is conducive to creating something greater. And for me, I don't think you need a relationship. I think it should be a choice, not a necessity. And I think nowadays it is more of a choice. It's not looked upon so bad, you know, if you're, if you're single, etc. And I think there's, you know, you go relationship and you go single, but there's so much more than that. There's so many more choices that we can have. It doesn't have to be like this binary coding, like it's not an either or. So I think if you get to explore that and you, know, you can find out what it's like to actually create with someone, which is on my, what I've experienced so much nicer. So Ashley, you know what I've been um, doing four times a day lately? Four times a day? Four times I don't know. a day. That's a lot. Ta- I've been taking Nutrafol and I have to say, I do feel like it's working. If you guys don't know what Nutrafol is, it is basically a way for you to grow thicker, fuller, healthier hair. I don't know one person on planet Earth that wouldn't want this aside from maybe Joe Rogan because he's bald. But um, And you I'm mean te- like that's his signature? Exactly. I'm telling you guys, over 80 million men and women in the US literally experience thinning hair. And I look at old pictures of myself. I noticed my hair was longer. It grew more. It was thicker back then. And I love Nutrafol because it's an easy way. I just pop four in a day for to to literally grow thicker, fuller, and healthier hair. Nutrafol is formulated with potent botanicals that help you grow hair as strong as you are. And it's physician formulated to be 100% drug-free. I think that's really important. It's made from botanicals and it's 100% drug-free. They use natural, clinically effective botanicals for better hair growth through whole body health. And on top of thicker, stronger hair, without having to deal with lasers or chemicals, Nutrafol's ingredients may also help you get a handle on better sleep, stress response, skin, nails, and libido. Exactly. And another reason why I love it so much is because I'm seeing more hairs grow in my eyebrow area too. So there you guys go. That's awesome. They have this stuff in the like waiting rooms of so many med spas. And you know, I always trust med spas. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that beauty doctors love. 
They love, 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 guys. So you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and use our promo code GETIT and you can save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer available literally anywhere. It's only available to US customers for a limited time. Plus, you get free shipping on every order. So you can get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U. T-R-A-F-O-L dot com, promo code get it to get hair as strong as you are. I understand what you're saying in terms of you're not going to change someone. Like I feel like a lot of girls that I've met, they try to always get like the bad boy because they think that like, oh, I'm going to be the one that turns him good and it never ends up working out because he just continues to be the bad boy. I may have been a bad boy once in my life. No, I was never a bad boy. to be. But my point being is though, I do think there are elements within a relationship where you have to try to change someone. Because my point being, you know, like speaking on Ashley and my relationship or any relationship I've had, I've never been in a perfect relationship because those just do not exist. And there are things that Ashley needs me to do better. And there are things that I need Ashley to do better in order to achieve my ultimate, like our our best selves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there are certain things that are very important to Ashley that I'm not, I'm lacking. And as a person that loves her and wants to be there for her, those are things I'm saying, okay, I need to change a little bit because I need to be better at them. And then vice versa with Ashley. There are certain things that I need that she lacks that she's like, hey, I'm going to try to be better in this aspect of our relationship. So ultimately, isn't that kind of changing the person a little bit? Yeah, it is changing the person. But to me, the way you describe that is really is, is beautiful in the way it should be because to me, that's a creationship. So if you look at, at the word relationship, if you look at a dictionary before 1937, it literally has the definition, the distance between two things. But if you look at what if you weren't in a relationship and what if you were in a creationship, then you are. I mean, obviously you're going to change, like, but not mm. having it like as a necessity that that person changes. Like you must yeah. do this now or you must not do that. To me, that's what a creationship is, two people who are continuously contributing to each other becoming greater. Like the definition we talk about is what if you, if you were in a relationship, what if you had a creationship where you created at least 20 times more, if you created at least 20 times more together than what you would alone? And that's, that's to me is the growth that you have. So, but that's not about control. You actually want to, you desire to contribute to each other. That's what it should be. Simple. So, yeah, and I, I'm getting a little bit of a clearer picture, but I just want to make it even more clear because I think Jared brings up a good point. It's very nebulous. Like this is very nuanced. So for so I just want to make sure we specifically outline ways that people control people in relationships because I want to speak personally. Like if I meet someone and they smoke cigarettes, is like is supporting, telling them that that's not, you know, technically it's good for both of you, right? Long-term. Is that trying to control someone or is that supporting someone like in their health? Well, that's also, like, what is that's also stating what you desire. I mean, if you don't like someone who smokes cigarettes, it's like then, you know, kissing someone takes on a whole new, <laughs> a whole new right. realm. So, Burden. Yeah. I think it's, right. it's your, your stating, you know, it's like, that's not my preference. I mean, it's interesting because my ex, right? And I think if you don't have this, you know, like um, as uh, Jared said, he's never had a perfect relationship. No one does. Perfection is a judgment. Right. And it's, it's like if I looked at a wish list, it's like then my ex wouldn't have shown up. Like I was 11 years older than him. Um, he had a kid. 
uh, he had a dog, which I was actually really grateful for. I really wanted a dog. <laughs> and he smoked cigarettes. Uh, he snored, like, profusely. I'm really painting this picture, aren't I? Like, he's... But, I was about to say, sounds like a catch right there. <laughs> but he actually, he actually was. Like, he was the kind of... Yeah, when you person. love someone, you love Absolutely. them, right? Yeah, so it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, and then within our relationship, like, he, he did. He stopped smoking. He, we actually got to some really cool stuff about the snoring because he was quite abused as a kid. And one of the things that came up was if he he's snoring, he feels like the house is safe. So when he had that awareness, it's like the snoring started to change. So there was things that's changed within the relationship because what we had for both of, for each other was gratitude. And, you know, I can see that with you guys as well. It's like when you have gratitude for each other, then you do change as a person and you do change to create something greater. What I would like to, you know, see change is like, is the ways that someone will control someone in order to belittle them and not make them greater. And that's a big difference. And I think women do it a lot. Mm. So that's the difference. Yeah. yeah. Like women would do So did you Nigeria. ask him? Did you ask him to stop smoking? What was that conversation? No, I didn't. No. And do you know what? This is the weirdest thing. And you may you may realize this when I say it too. The people I know who smoke, like I've got a really good friend of mine, this Italian girl that lives out here who rolls her own cigarettes. I swear to God, every time she smokes, I'm like, oh, I want to smoke because it just, she, it, she makes it look so good and I can see that she enjoys it. The people don't judge yeah. it. That's how I feel when I watch Sex in the City. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want to drink Cosmos? <laughs> I want to yeah. smoke like Carrie. Right, yeah. She just looks so but cool. But she doesn't yeah. judge it. And that's the thing. It's like you, I notice that when people don't judge that they smoke, they don't tend to smell as much. The ones who judge when they smoke, they smell. Like I never noticed the smell on Brennan. So, and then, I mean, he did. Oh. He gave up smoking. But, yeah. No, wait, that wasn't a request of mine. I was just literally I was grateful when I woke up. It was just like, wow, okay, we're still together. We're, you know, we were together for eight years. We created a lot of financial um, wealth together. It's like we had a hell of a lot of fun. And then we sort of looked at it and went, okay, we released our book that we co-wrote together called Relationship. Are you sure you want one? And then we went, okay, <laughs> I think we need to move on. Like, Wow. When you wrote the book, mm-hmm. Relationship, Do You Want One? Did you guys realize you didn't want the relationship together anymore? No, not really. We were actually in America and, and our <laughs> PR agent had all these TV shows, books and everything as well. And we broke up the relationship and nearly gave her a heart attack. And we were like, don't worry, we've got this. <laughs> because we were still friends too, which was really interesting going on interviews. There were some people who really tried to like throw this wedge between us. But you can't throw a wedge between two people who, who don't desire that. So... It was actually, it ended up working in our favor because the the book, name of the book is a question, relationship, are you sure you want one? And that's what we both wrote it so that we, we've got some great tools in it for creating a great relationship, but also being questioned every day. Like, don't make it this, this necessity. Make it a choice, not a necessity is one of the things I would say. So can you give us examples of how control is ruining people's relationships? specific examples uh yeah i would say i see i see men and women drive people away by controlling the amount that they decide that they have to see the other person or what they have to do um so 
I mean, a lot of women will do that subtext thing when, when the guy says, hey, I'm going to go and play softball with my mates. <laughs> and then the woman goes... Sounds like a good time. Example. <laughs> you know, but then, I mean, I'm not saying this is you guys, but then the woman goes, oh, yeah, that, you know, that's fine, you know, great, go have fun. But what she really means is, seriously, you're going again? It's like you need to have the conversation. If, um, if, if that's bugging you, please say it. Like, uh, I've been crazily on dating apps recently. Oh, my God, they drive me crazy. I've just frozen my accounts. And there's this one guy who is saying how he just wants, you know, he just wants to be friends, hookups, et cetera. But everything about him is relationship. And I was just like, dude, like, (laughs) he says he wants one thing and then he wants another. And it's like he he keeps saying you eat dinner every night you do this why can't you have time for me and i'm like wow he just drove a wedge between us i was like i i wasn't asking for a relationship and that's what he's creating so i think you need to get really clear on what it is that you're asking for and most people don't do that what comes out of someone's mouth is not is is not true so many times you've got to listen to their heads so that is a way that you are controlling someone in like if i if i wasn't me then I would have been guilt trip into meeting up with him the way he was texting me. And I was just like, <laughs> I don't, I don't have, I don't have time for this. Like, thank you so much. But you know, he drove it away because he was controlling it. So I see so many people drive someone away. They end up killing a relationship or killing anything by having that aspect of, if you don't do this, there's this hidden sort of, you know, punishment behind it. Like, let mm. people be what they want to choose. Like, I talk about the three tools to create a great relationship. One, good in bed. I think that's Captain Obvious, right? And it's like, number two, it's like contribute to each other. Helps if it's a, co- a contribution, like, financially. But just that c- contribution, you know, it's not one person. It's not a one-sided relationship. And number three, let the other person do whatever the hell they want. Don't try, like, relationship is not about ownership. It's not about control. And when I say that, so many people go, oh, does that mean he, you know, he or she can go off and have sex with other people? I didn't say that. If, that's, if that comes up, you guys need to have that conversation. But let them do whatever they want. Let them do what makes them happy. That will end up being a contribution to you. Like relationship is not a Hollywood movie. You don't have someone who completes you. You should have someone who contributes to you. Hey, Naz. I got to tell you about my dinner last night. It was so good. What did you eat? What did you eat? It I love that <laughs> It was sausage baked penne. It was so good. It's one of those <sighs> freshly meals, which I'm obsessed with. Obsessed. All the meals, I think they're under 600 calories and they taste amazing. They taste fresh. Yeah. And they're all like portion controlled for you, you know? Yeah. Um, so if you're like stressed or tired, you don't feel like cooking, it's food that's fast. Like you're, it's in the microwave for three minutes and ready for you. And it's not, it like, and it's such high quality dinner food. Like it literally yeah. takes it's trying to figure out like what to eat for dinner a out of the equation. meal, you know. I'm telling you guys. It's not a TV dinner. Exactly. It's not a TV dinner. Their pictures on their packaging is outstanding. And I find that sometimes I hate, like, you know, when you eat frozen food and the picture looks amazing and then you open it and you're like, oh, this is what it is. You will mm-hmm. not get that feeling with Freshly Meals. My favorite no. is a homestyle chicken with masterful that's, mac and cheese. Oh, my 
God. The chicken Jared and mac. Loves that one. The chicken and mac and cheese combo. It makes my water salivate as I'm talking about your, it. But makes your water salivate. I mean, my mouth <laughs> salivates. See, I can't even think. And the best part is that ordering is easy for those of you that yeah. can't think like me. All you have to do is visit Freshly.com. You can choose over 30 delicious, satisfying, better for you meals. They have steak, peppercorn, Ashley sausage, baked penne, or their chicken pesto bowl is also pretty fire. Mm-hmm. And right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash get it. So stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash get it for $40 off your first two orders. Freshly, dot com slash get it to get $40 off your first two orders. Jared, I feel like you have a lot to say. I can just tell by your facial expression. <laughs> No, 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 there's just a lot going on up there. So when you rank those three things of being in a healthy, happy relationship, is is that an order that you think, like, number – or is that just random? Like, do you think being uh, good in bed random. is number one? It's random. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I, 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 I was personally, like, right, I wouldn't, like, like, I like sex, so why wouldn't you have that as number one? Oh, no, totally. Well, I think just coming from – someone who's been in long-term relationships and now in a a marriage, it's, I think one of the most important part of a relationship and and something that I'm constantly reminded of is that, you know, my wife, Ashley, is someone that, sure, we're going to have sex together, but we're also, this is the person I'm going to talk to every day for the rest of my life and have a conversation with. And that is something that I think people kind of forget about because they get lost in the lust and the, and the, the want factor so early on, which is an extremely unbelievably happy time in your life. But if you are truly going to try to choose someone for the rest of your life, I mean, I, for me personally, you, you have to be with someone that you're okay being with constantly. But that, that because I think another important part of a, a relationship is, like you said, is you need your own personal time. But it kind of takes some balls to ask your significant other saying, hey, I need to be away from you for a little while. And Ashley and I, luckily, knock on the wood, have that comfortability level where we can say, I need to go to my room for a little while. But look at what she wrote know, in her cave. book. She says, she goes, a man cave is very is more important than what you think. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, a man cave is a real thing. Men process things differently. It's like, you know, they'll, they'll go play video games. They'll go do a sport. They'll hang out on their own. And it's like, whereas women don't process like that. Most women want to just talk about it. They want to share. And when a man, woman starts sharing, a man does that. And this is generalization. I get it. But when a woman starts sharing and the man does that thing of going, okay, what have I got to fix? What have I got to do for her? Because it's like he cares about her, but she just wants to go and like spill what's going on, you know, whereas a man will process different. Hey, look, with that too, um, one of the tools that I would say, please, like if a man needs to go in a man cave and require that space, so many women I see take it personally. It's not personal. It's like if if you ask, hey, you know, honey, is there anything I can do for you? And it's like, if he says no, then allowing that space, because that space, if you allow them that space, then when you guys come together, it's going to be greater. But don't take it personally. It's not personal. Yeah, don't take it personally, babe. I don't take it personally. <laughs> I don't take it personally. But I um, like it when you snuggle with me. Aww. I, okay, I mean, so. First. <laughs> yeah, you're so funny. Okay, so we've <laughs> talked about how trying to change your partner creates resentment. Let's talk about how sometimes people would rather be right than be free, which is something you write about. Yeah. What does that mean? That's a huge topic. And 
so even if if you just look at the energy of it, so many people would rather be right than be free. Like if you can actually acknowledge when, like if, if, one tool you could say is, you know what, you're right, I'm wrong. You're right, I'm wrong. Say it three times to your partner, I can guarantee you. It's like they'll end up going, no, 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 like and then creating something different with you because we, we stand our ground so much. But what I would like you to have with everything and it's like have a look at it is having the rightness of your point of view creating something greater or if you got over your point of view and you went, you know what, I'm done, I'm over my point of view, let's do this so that you're not holding on to something that doesn't really matter, doesn't mean anything. We make our the rightness of our point of view so meaningful and so significant. And if you were willing just to lose and change your point of view, like every minute of the day, then you would have more freedom. It's like, it's really yeah, big I think topic. It, I think a lot of it goes back to ego. And I completely right. agree with what you're saying. In, in many different facets of the conversation we've had for the past 20 minutes is I feel like a lot of it goes back to ego because we talk about like, you know, certain people in relationships have certain places. Like I, I find that I... I'm not perfect by any stretch, but I have a good idea of what my place is within our relationship, you know, specifically with Ashley. And another thing, like you talked about finance, I know a lot of guys who feel wildly insecure because their ego gets the best of them when their right. wife makes more money than them. And then we go now to this point where it's like, hey, I want to be right. Even if I'm not helping the relationship. I just want to be right for being right because it helps feed my ego. Like I'm not going to give up on this point. And so I don't know what to do to change that because, you know, I suffer from it. I feel like a multitude of people suffer from it. The fact that, like, you just, you get insecure sometimes and it, your ego gets the best so, of it. Can you think of a fight that you and I had that you just wanted to win? For, uh, that you didn't, like, that you could have dropped? Oh, yeah. Really? It's mostly mundane, stupid exactly. stuff that I look back upon and I'm like, why the hell did I care about putting the forks there instead of there but it's more i don't know but, but jared's also like you you love fight you're good at fighting you're way better at arguing than i am yeah because like you have some lawyer brain so you're able to make a point even if you don't think that the point is like the right the rightest point like yeah, you can argue about, like, it better yeah and it's, it's so more, annoying it's annoying because when i argue i don't try to prove my own point yeah. i just try to disprove hers yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> so it's then it, that's the need to is that the need to be right then simone yeah absolutely but i what i would ask too is i mean you're building evidence i love it i love it the, the lawyer fight in the relationship um it, it's what i would ask is like Next time that occurs, just for the fun of it, just for the sheer fun of it, what if you just went, you know what, honey, you're right, I'm wrong, and see what shows up, no matter how hard Oh, I do that all the time. And then it's exactly what you discussed, because then Ashley feels so guilty, and she's like, no, 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 I shouldn't have made a big deal of it. And I was like, yeah, you're kind of right, you shouldn't have, but I apologize first, so I win. He does apologize first, usually. I have two, this is funny, because I have two friends that are in their first year of marriage, and they do this, but they do it sarcastically, and it's hilarious. I'll be around them, and they'll be arguing, and then one of them will say, huh, that's a good point. Hadn't thought about it like that before. But like, it's so, and then we all just start laughing, but the fight really does end. But it's like so sarcastic because they know they disagree, but they're like, okay, you win. Well, it's like, you've got to look at what argument are you trying to win here? I mean, one of the things, one of the tools, like Brendan and I never argued. We didn't have one argument in eight years and 
even when we broke up oh. and everyone's like, that's weird. And I'm like, what if that wasn't weird? And there was one time I was, we live across the road from the beach and I was really annoyed at him. I don't even remember why I was annoyed at him, but I went to the beach and then I was talking to my friend, Gary Douglas, who I work with in the States. And he said to me, you need to go home and make everything about him. That is the last thing I wanted to do. I wanted everything to be about me. But I went, you know what? I've been using these tools with Access Consciousness, which is what I work with for years, and they work. So I walked back in the house and I just started making everything about him, like everything about him. And within 10 minutes, he's like, honey, do you want me to get you a drink? What can I make you for dinner tonight? Like, And I was sitting there going, oh, my God, this works. <laughs> but I could have. Like that was scenario one, which I chose. I could have walked back in with this energy of separation. And then subtext was, I need you to make everything about me. And he's sitting there wondering, what the hell did I do wrong in the first place anyway? And create that that anxiety rather than, to me, that first scenario or what I, what I chose it makes, you know, like Jared was saying, it's like you can't even remember what you're arguing about. It makes it meaningless. It's like it doesn't mean anything. Like is it really that important to you right. or is right. that creation shit more important and prevalent? Like what can you create from that? It's about being the bigger person. What if you're in a relationship where you feel like you're always doing that though and you don't feel like the other person is? Then I would ask relationship, are you sure you want one? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice little plug there. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I want to go back just for a second, just to like, just to make this about me and Jared for a second. When was there a time that, was there a time where I ever tried to change you that you resented? <laughs> I love uh, this live on podcast. Here we go, ladies. That's a yeah. great question. Uh, we're very open about our relationship. I would say probably the most one I can think of most right now is my sports uh, the sports part of my life that you haven't really interacted with now that we moved back to the East Coast and I'm with my friends and I'm playing more sports with them and playing whether it be golf or just like going to play pickup basketball or softball. Uh, I think it's it's very obvious how annoying it is to you because it's like, hey, I'm going to do this and and it's less time with you even though we spend so much time together. Uh, I would say... I can tell that it's not something you want me to change, but it's also like something you wouldn't hate if I stopped doing. And it's very noticeable, like your attitude towards it. So I guess that would be something that's like, well, babe, this is what I love. It's what I love doing. Like I'm going to continue doing it. Yeah, but I don't get annoyed when you do. I don't get annoyed by you doing it. I think I get annoyed by like you make it seem like a need and not a want. It is a need. <laughs> it's 100% a need. I'm sorry. As we talked about, the man cave, in, my, in, in this case, the man cave is playing sports, is very much a necessity in the relationship to make me happy, which contributes to our relationship, and the whole thing just gets better. Well, then in that case, you have to go and do those things, and then you come back, but then you don't go into the man cave. Then you have to spend more time with me. I spend plenty of time. Let's move on. Simone, I have a question for you. You can reverse no, 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 no. it on me and ask me the question. I know, but honestly, we've talked so much about us and our relationship i want to talk about people that are not in a relationship right now not just who are trying to find dating but 
you know, Simone, and I, I'm not going to say that you're hung up on your ex. One, my point is, I want to talk about advice that you have for people out there that are having difficulty being single in today's world, and possibly, you know, it's such a hard world to date in right now and there's so many people that are like hey i really like you i just don't know if i want to be in a relationship which is totally fine but it's like i don't know if you could just talk about that aspect of of dating yeah right now. um you probably won't like what i'm going to say but my point of view is if you're not in a relationship you don't want one you actually create your whole life you create the way it shows up. Like you, if you have money, you created money. If you have no money, you created no money. You're in a relationship, you created that. I have had so many, uh, you know, dealt with so many different, you know, women, etc. Women are the main ones who go, oh, I'd like a relationship that I've spoken to. But I'm like, do you really? Like, I mean, when I broke up, it's like, and I'm definitely not hung up on my ex. It's like, I'm so grateful that we're not together anymore. And we talk about it, but we're really good friends. We work together. It's like we still have investments together. And when I looked at it, when we broke up, I went, oh, do I actually want to be in a relationship? Because I wasn't quite sure. So what I did for me, because I, I was in, you know, self-quarantine, you know, lockdown, that whole thing. So you have a lot of time on your hands. So I actually wrote down, like, in an Excel spreadsheet, these columns, and I wrote down relationship, sex, because so many people put them together and they don't have to be together, business, money, body and geographical. And I wrote down all those topics and I started to, just as throughout my day, I would write down what I liked about all those things or what I desired to ask for, because I realized there's aspects of relationship that I really enjoy. Like, I love that, you know, cooking dinner in the kitchen, glass of wine, music playing, like that interaction and engagement, talking about what we're creating, etc. But I have like one of my best mates is this gay guy married that lives not far from me who I get so much of that from, but I don't have sex with him. And it's like, so, and I looked at my house and I went, do I actually want to share this house with someone again? Not in this moment. And it was like, okay, so then what do I want with sex? And then wrote down what I'd like with that and started to look at it. So I think if you, you need to get really clear on what it is you desire because do you want to have kids? Do you want to get married? Do you want to, you know, like, do you want a lover one that you meet up with once a week? I love sleeping in a bed with someone who's a contribution. Like it's, I love that, that snuggle and that whole thing. But I also love being in my bed on my own and completely starfishing the bed, you know, <laughs> it's like, like taking up all the room. So, and, and that's what, like, if you get clear for you, then you can request what it is that you desire. And you need to. I. What's that? I don't know if I can agree with the whole. If you want to be in a relationship, you would be in a relationship, though, because like there's something to finding the right person to be in a relationship well, but you, with. Yeah, you just said the right person. So that's the that's the definition yeah. that changes it. Because truly, there's a lot of people out there who want to be in a relationship. If you want a relationship, you'll create it. But when you go to the the right person, then what what judgments do you have of what that right person is like? You know the movie, um, George Clooney was in it. Uh, oh, God, can't, it's, it's a while ago. And there's... Who else? Yeah, give us more context. I love this game. Well, <laughs> we love this stuff and they're um, really good at fly, it. Fly, plane, they're on a plane. Oh, oh up, up in, in the air. air. Thanks. <laughs> okay. And yeah. they're sitting, what are we they're getting? sitting in this bar prize? and the young girl's going, you know, I want to find someone who's got this, this, and this. And she's like stipulating the college he's gone to, the, you know, what he looks like, the car he drives, like all this sort of stuff. And the woman who's a bit older goes, 
you know what? By the time you get to my age, you just hope he has a full head of hair and he makes you laugh. And it, hmm. I, I remember that scene. Yeah, scene. Mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. like if you go the right person, what I would like you to break down is what have you decided is the right person? Do you have all these stipulations that you're never going mm-hmm. to find? Like I said, you know, Brendan, when I looked at that, it's like all those things he had, you wouldn't have gone, my wish list is someone who's 11 years younger than me, who has a five-year-old kid, who, you know, that's not going to be your quote-unquote wish list. But what I was asking for right. by that time, because I chose... I definitely chose men in my life who were judgmental. You know, it wasn't, I, I had, you know, I've been there, done that. And and what I was asking for is someone who was kind and caring and nurturing to show up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with you. Uh, Ashley's not going to like this, but. What are you going to say? I, even when we first started dating, like when I confessed my feelings, of course, was I 100% sure that you were, quote, the right person? Of course not. Yeah, well, you apparently got sure within like two months. It wasn't so much of like, oh, I'm 100% sure. It was, I love this girl. I want to be with her. I don't want my life without her. So I'm going to go full in and commit. Yeah. And it was the best decision I made because then we realized this is what I want. But I think so many people, to your point, Simone, they're like, oh, I'm looking for the right person. And it's like you really have to ask yourself what the right person is because Mm -hmm. I think people have this idea in their head that everything has to be perfect or there's going to be no hurdles to work through. And it's like that's just not a relationship, unfortunately. And and it's it's, relationships can be messy and they can be difficult and they'll be Mm -hmm. stressful and there's going to be fights sometimes. And it really just depends on what you know pros and cons you weigh and it's interesting that you brought up that movie up in the air because this is a quote that i always go back to specifically in that movie george clooney is talking to danny mcbride's character who's getting cold feet right before they get married and he's talking about am i making a mistake do i want to spend the rest of my life with someone like i'm so confused and george clooney says think about the happiest moments in your life the the moments in your life you wouldn't trade for anything in the world were you alone and he's like, no. And he's like, well, I think you kind of answered your own question then. Yeah, right. And like, I think about these moments and most of the time in my life, like specifically with Ashley and I, it's not so much the moment itself rather than the person I spent it with. And so that was something I also thought of a lot while, you know, us committing to, you know, a relationship that we ultimately knew was going to end up in marriage was the idea that I, I there's always going to be doubt, but that's just part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted I to. I You're love what Jared baby. just. I love what Jared just said, and I want to piggyback off of it. Off of it, because I do think it's what you're. It's what both of you guys are saying, right, Simone? It's like you have to be clear on what you want, and if commitment is what you want, love is a choice. It's a decision. You decide to commit to that person because there is no like one person that's going to check all the boxes. And I read. I recently am like you know, still going through a breakup somewhat. And I read this quote that was so, it kind of touches on the doubt you were saying, Jared, but it was so profound for me. It was in this book called um, Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. And it basically was saying like, when desire meets fate, right? Like when something you really want meets fate, that creates success. Like something you really wanted to happen and then fate brought brought it to you, that's successful. But then the the line after it says, but success shouldn't be the absolute in life. And then it's the last line that kills me. Success can eliminate as many options as failure. And so if what you really want 
is like fate, right? And you get this thing you really want. It's like, you're always that little sliver of doubt is what you're saying. It's like, you never know what life could have been. You know what I mean? Yeah. And everybody always thinks the grass is greener. Right. Everyone Let's thinks the like- grass is greener because they're married. I'm single. You know, I, I'm like, I really want to be in a relationship. Maybe I need to be more clear with what I want, but like, I, I am totally like in accordance with that. Like no one's going to be perfect, you know, but there's certain things that like I know will make me happy and won't. But I do want you to talk about, because you talk about in your book, Simone, this is like a great segue, is that a lot of people live for the happily ever after. And maybe there's a little bit of that that lived in me. I think I like had this fantasy of what love is and what love looked like a couple years ago. But I think a lot of us live for the happily ever after and you write in your book that it creates misery now. So why does that create misery, searching for your happily ever after? And can I jump in for one second before you go into that? Because I just want to bounce off a point that you made, Naz, that I think is very interesting because I completely agree with you. Like this idea of when desire meets fate, that creates success. And I completely agree. But I think some people believe that, oh, once that success is made, it's over. It's like, no, 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 no. Success does work. not mean yeah. that it's going to be sustainable. Yeah. Right. Like that's at the point in the relationship I find when you have to make the choice of commitment and continue to make that choice. And it's not like once you make the choice, it's over. Or when fate meets desire, it's over. That's right. truly just the beginning. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't yeah. know. That was the yeah. point I want to make. But now, Simone, well, I want to hear you talk. Well, you you pretty much said like what I was going to say in a way. It's like because it's like that, that moment that you say that, that you've got success and then you go, oh, I've got the fairy tale. You just you start destroying the relationship rather than – because you start maintaining it or you've got the answer or you've got it right again rather than what if every day you woke up and you were in question of what next. So you don't assume that it's like, okay, so let's, you know, let's put a deposit on the rocking chairs so that we can be, you know, rocking out on the veranda when we're 80 together. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you still mm-hmm. be in question. It's like what next, what next, what next? Like at one stage, um, you know, before 2020, I was traveling a lot, like for the last 17 years. And at one stage I said, um, I was talking in, in my relationship about, I, I think I want to go live in Europe for a while and base myself there. But it wasn't that we were going to break up, but Brennan had a kid. So we were like, okay, let's talk about it. Like, you know, and I was like, you can come over during the holidays and, and et cetera. And I didn't end up doing it, but I did spend a lot of time there. So, but it, it wasn't me holding back what I wanted to choose based on now I'm in a relationship and that we have to have this house and we have to have this. It's like, don't go to the conclusion of what your relationship is. And I'm going to say most relationships that end, they started being maintained, not created. I know for myself, you know, historically, mm-hmm. that's definitely what happened. You sort of, you end up just being in this, this, you know, people call it a rut. And it's like, to me, it, it, it looked okay. Um, it wasn't bad, but it definitely was maintenance. Like, you know, we bought this block of land on the beach. We started uh, meeting, meeting with this architect. It was a beautiful spot. We were going to build the perfect house in the perfect neighbourhood and have this perfect, you know, relationship. But what we realised was that's not what either of us actually wanted. We were just doing the next step that I'm going to say this reality projected at you that you should do. And both of us went, mm, I don't think this is what we want to do. And that's actually when we ended that relationship is going, okay, we're maintaining, we're not creating. 
I think that's yeah. There's a quote by Albert Einstein that says, "Once you stop learning, you you start. Once you stop learning, you start dying." And I yeah. feel like that is something that you could use towards a relationship because once you mm-hmm. stop creating and you start maintaining, mm-hmm. that's when the relationship starts dying. But, and I can love. Can you give that- an example of it? Just like, just like an example. Like you can even give. What you think we're maintaining? No, okay. I'm just saying that. Like when? What is so a what di- yeah? Sex, yes, please. Well, how many people's sex lives? And I hear this a lot in the seminars I go to. Once they've been together for a while, their sex life becomes something that's more a maintenance rather than a creation. Either the same 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 time amount of times they have sex, or it's like the same way they have sex, or something like that. And it's like, what if sex was something that was always creative? And I'm not saying like, and I you know, like basic vanilla style sex is also great, but what if you actually were in question with it? Right. And I think, I think that's the key to life, right? It's like bigger than relationships. Can we approach every day, create our own happiness with like this childlike curiosity? Yeah. Like not when are we going to get this house and when is this guy going to ask me out and is he going to marry me? It's just like today, am I happy What's going to happen? This is so cool. Like I read this quote one time where someone was like, life is just one big unfurling mystery. And the less, I think it's just, it sums everything up that you're trying to say. The less we try and control how it's supposed to look and what's supposed to happen. Like if you're married to someone and they want to move to Europe, (laughs) like, do you need a breakup? Or is it like, oh, I'm just letting this person I love do what they want. That's an extreme to some people. I yeah. think to us three, that's a little, for us, Simone. <laughs> I don't want my person moving to Europe in the middle of like our marriage, but- It's like Kim you know, in Wyoming. Exactly. I'd move to Montana or Wyoming, but I think that's what you're saying. It's like, what if we made a choice to create happiness every day with that person? That I, I think what I have found in my recent experience, and I'm hopeful that one day it won't, is that I am very much ready and excited and am clear that I want to create with someone. But I think, I think I've me- I'm meeting older men that necessarily don't want to change or maybe don't want to create. And I think it's hard because I think in relationships, it's a dance and it's what Jared was saying. Like, ego on both sides, not just them. Obviously I've contributed to like the end of something as well, but it's like, it's hard when you're super willing to like dance and play and create. And someone like, is like, this is who I am. And they don't necessarily want to create, you know, I just say that's really great that you said I contributed to the end of something as well. Do you know how few people acknowledge that (laughs) it takes two to create a relationship and it takes two to break it up. Even if one of them was the one that initiated it, you still contributed to the end of it. So that's refreshing. Mm. Thank you. Thanks. Good job, Naz. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very self-aware of all my uh, traumas and inadequacies. <laughs> and are you also aware of the greatnesses of you? Um, I am, but I don't, I don't think I've like fully um, grown into them and like believed them and like projected so that's them. What Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, I know my worth. I know my worth. Am I behaving like I really know my worth? Sometimes. So what? Maybe sometimes what I'm not. That? But it's hard. 
I think it's it's really I think what you said before is really gray and hazy for me because when I look at my last relationship, I'm like I kind of came in guns a blazing. It was like my first real relationship. What I don't want to say guns a blazing, but I was like, you should probably not smoke because that's something that's like not healthy for you and for just people long term. You know what I mean? And now I like if I entered another relationship, I didn't say it like that actually. I was just like around me, would you mind not? Is what I said. But was that do you think that was me trying to control and change? Um, like, I think well, you so. Just, you, you just but flipped it's... it, though, because you said around me. So that's not telling them not to. Like, there was a guy that I was seeing for a while in Melbourne. and But I, but I kind of meant then that opened the conversation. Right. And I was like, this is not my preference long term. And then it was like, well, this is an addiction. If I stop for a year and I start again next year are we going to be together? And that was when I had to look in the mirror, mm. right? And I was like, what it, What does that mean? Do, would I? I don't know, you know? So, so what it's so if you hard. Don't, if you're not trying to work it out before you're there? Because that's also going into the conclusion that, oh, if they give up, they might start in a year. So you've always on this, like, you know, you're walking on eggshells rather than like, you know what? Today's a great day. Yeah, but I don't think any of us think in today terms. I think most of well, all of us humans think is... I know, but how do you do that if you're just one okay. and the other person doesn't okay. want here's, it? Here's a key tool, and this is something I really worked at, was something that we do talk about in our book, and it's called five, it's the five elements of intimacy, okay? And because most people are looking for this intimacy in another. To me, you've got to have this with yourself before you can fully have this with somebody else. And the five elements of intimacy would be gratitude, so being grateful for yourself, allowance, trust, honor, and vulnerability. And if you can be those five elements of intimacy with you, and what I did, because, you know, that OCD in me, it's like I wrote them on little post-it notes and had them on the mirror in my bathroom. And every day I would look at it and I would sort of like have this energy of destroying and uncreating anywhere that I was in judgment of myself, that I wasn't willing to be those five elements of intimacy of gratitude, trust, allowance, vulnerability, and honor. And it, once I can be, be that with me, then you can include somebody else in your life that you can have that with them. But you can't, like, to me, it's like, if you're looking for that in another, then you've already started this, like, downfall of something that is not going to create something greater. And to me, like I said, right at the beginning, if you, it's not right or wrong to be in a relationship or be single. It both is just a choice. But if you're going to choose a relationship, make it great. Like make it awesome. What does allowance mean within yourself? Uh, okay, so allowance. Like, how many times did you judge yourself today rather than being an allowance? It's like you know what? Whoops. Like I always say, it's a good thing I'm cute because sometimes I'm not very smart. It's like maybe you, you chose something and you're like, okay, you know. But what if you're an allowance of yourself and you didn't judge yourself? Mm-hmm. that's like some high level of enlightenment shit there. That's like peyote with Matthew McConaughey and Joshua Tree. Like most people I don't think can ever do that. Well, can ever do what? Not judge yourself. Yeah. I don't really judge myself. No, Miss Perfect over here. <laughs> you really don't, with? Ashley. It's <laughs> wild. <laughs> it's wild. But most humans... I guess, I guess sometimes I do. Like sometimes I'm like, I'm dumb. I think that's probably like my biggest uh, critique of myself is just like how I'm very bad at articulating like how I'm feeling. Like I'm, I'm actually good at s- explaining how I'm feeling, but like 
I have points that I like to make that I can't articulate. And I think that's the one thing that I get on myself a lot. Yeah, and you're being a little too hard on yourself because you've been on television and millions yeah, of people but... relate to you and you have like multiple podcasts. So clearly you've articulated in some incredible way. <laughs> you articulate yourself well, pretty well there, babe. Maybe you don't articulate as like a news anchor that you look up to on television, know, but, but like, why look, would even you want... Jared is so much more articulate. He's that's not so true. good I at like speaking. I feel like we're very even par. Really? Yeah. I really don't, but that's good. That's <laughs> nice to hear. But anyway, yeah, I don't good really thing, judge myself too hard. Good thing you're cute because you're not that smart. No, <laughs> uh, I tell myself that every Jared day. Jared doesn't think he's that cute, which is a whole big wish. Oh big my issue. God, let's move on, please. The love of God. <laughs> Aren't they the best? The no, best. not he, at he all. He actually got annoyed at that. All right, anyway, I have a question for you, Simone, before we wrap up. Do you... Uh, yes, you are very handsome. Uh, oh, well, thank you so much. Aww. That is the question I was going to ask. Do you think I'm cute? <laughs> Uh, Simone, do you believe in soulmates? No. She definitely does not. I figured I'm kind of teeing that up for you. Yeah. No, I don't. Jared doesn't believe in soulmates either. I I, I mean, I don't know. I think I'm quite a bit older than all of you guys as well. And I... I've had some amazing like connections and, and interactions with people and I continue to, I don't feel like it's stopped. So I, if I looked at one person earlier on, that was my soulmate. Yeah, no, I don't. I think there's so many people that you can engage with and interact with and, and, and create so Mm -hmm. much around the world. Like I look at nature a lot. I use that as an analogy and there's, I mean, there's very few animals that just have one person. It's like they, but there are What's some. <laughs> but there, there are, are some. some. Yeah. The lobsters and penguins. Yeah, the bougainvillea. Actually, I, I that the, in a the thing bo- one day. I was like, we're not, we're not penguins. Like, we're not. Oh, I want my bougainvillea <laughs> penguin. I was <laughs> just I reading about the ones in Simon Town <laughs> in South do, Africa. Then ask for it. And it's like, so I think I'm, I'm pro-choice. If you want to find someone that is, you know, you're with for the rest of your life, then that's awesome. And it's like, for me, that personally never really worked it's like and i like i said i'm so grateful for the different relationships that i've chosen i'm grateful for where i am right now too but i've become more of me wait as somebody who's appreciated multiple relationships but isn't in one now do you ever get like really nostalgic towards your old relationships and like almost brainwash yourself into thinking that you're no no i don't and i actually get asked that question a lot no um and i'm actually friends with the majority of my exes like because i liked them you know that's originally why you how do you know when it's time how do you know when and if you can be friends with an ex um well i think it again it takes two people like one of the things that and it's a great tool one of the things that um i did with uh brendan was we went okay let's write down three things that we're asking of each other like as we're breaking the relationship up and, and I thought originally I was like, okay, three things. And it's like, who gets the house? Who gets that? Who gets the, you know, I was looking at things. And then I, I took some space for myself and I looked at it and I went, oh, my first top of the list is his friendship. Because I, I like him. I've always liked him. So, but we weren't creating this great, like, love, I'm going to say, relationship anymore. And then when he looked at his list and we came together and we both sat there on the top of his list was friendship too. So I think it takes two people to say yes to that friendship. Well, my question to that is, is Brent, I'm sorry, Brendan or Brandon? Brendan. I'm Brendan. Sorry. 
Brendan. Is Brendan dating someone else? Yeah, he's actually dating someone who was a, a mutual friend of ours. He's living in America now too. And is she, is she okay with you guys being friends? Uh, That's a good question. Is, I feel like it's also up to that yeah, person. Yeah, it is a good question. <laughs> and we all we actually all work together as well. And I remember at one stage we were in Costa Rica and we are at this you know resort. We had this big conference on. And we had this thing like Brendan and I, because we were, a lot of people know us too within what we do. So a lot of people were like looking at us and watching the breakup. I felt like we broke up on social media or, or on TV rather than just in our own world. And so we had this thing where we, we would text each other and, um, you know, like a safety word, so that sort of thing like, you okay? Are you doing okay? Because so many people had projections of what we should be doing or not be doing. So, and at one stage, I remember he texted me and we were at, this is like 150 people there. And he said, let's meet outside. And we went and chatted and I said, hey, I don't think it's me that's got something going on. I think it's um, Megan, your girlfriend. I think you need to ask her if she's okay. Because so many people had this point of view that we should be together. We didn't, but they did. Like, and I would have to talk to them. Mm. So it was, I think, really keeping that conversation going and being aware of, what's popping up and going, okay, are you okay? You okay? Is everything okay? Now I would say that we're definitely okay. Um, I mean, I'm friends with her. He's with her, da, da, da. So, yeah, we're – but it, it hasn't been we, – we were saying we should write a second book called Breaking Up is Easy-ish because you can make it easy, mm-hmm. but there's definitely some moments that are really rocky and very vulnerable. Uh, like I remember we took – we came home, we were, we were overseas and came home and we were breaking up and Brandon said, okay, let's go out in the veranda. We grabbed a bottle of uh, wine, two glasses and went, let's go out into the veranda and let's just put everything on the table. Like what's up between each other? And we were literally like willing to go to World War Three to say everything. And we sat there, drank this bottle of wine and we had one of the best conversations we ever had because we were both willing to go, okay, this piece about you, this piece about you, da-da-da, okay, now what are we going to do? What are we going to choose? Because it wasn't an easy break. I mean, I don't know how marriages break up when you're financially so connected and if you don't like each other, it's like, oh, my goodness, the poor accountant, it's like a nightmare. Like we're still some things that we we kept together so that we could have the wealth creation and yet at the right moment change it, which we're doing now because it's the end of the financial year in Australia. So we're looking at it like what what's greater for both of us, not like this, you know, dust it off and just leave, you know. So, which is, I, I think it's very, takes some courage to, to look at a breakup like that. It takes two yeah. people to, to want yes, that. Yeah. absolutely. And I definitely did the, you know, I'm taking the house because he was the one who initiated the breakup and I did that, that girl trauma drama, you know, you know, being angry and all that sort of thing. And then I literally, we were away in Italy because we were working there and there's a whole lot of things going on. I was so angry at him. And then I went, God, this is taking, this is like hurting me and my body. Like it was taking so much energy to be that angry that at one point I I went and spoke to him and I went, hey, do you want to just go have lunch together? Like and just chat. And he was like, I would love that. And it was just because I'm like, I'm not, I don't hate you. It's like, I actually like you. So so how can we look at this different? And I think everyone really needs to look at whether you're creating relationship, breaking up, single, whatever it is. As I said before, get clear on what it is you want and you're not less than. That's very much like if the relationship breaks up, it doesn't mean that you're less than because you're not. It's like you're far greater than what you're willing to acknowledge. I mean, 
you know, I mean, Ashley was saying that, you know, that she's willing to look at this part, but are you willing to have a look at the greatnesses that you have? And what if that is what we could choose? Yes. Amen. Yes, I am. Amen. Uh, okay. How, wait, Simone, how do you say your last Millicis. name? Melissa's. Oh, Melissa's. Okay. okay. Got it. All right, y'all. That was Simone Millicis, and she's the author of Relationship, Are You the One? Where can they find the book? On Amazon? Yeah, it's called Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One? And yep, you can find it on Amazon. It's there. And where else can people find you? Uh, Well, actually, there's no other Simone Millicis in the world. So if you Google Simone Millicis, it's like apparently I got that name. So And it's Simone M-I-L-A-S-A-S. So you can find everything there. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us thank today. You, that was really um, eye-opening in ways and fun. That was great. It was a great conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I loved so it. A lot to Thanks think about now. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Bye. 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 If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app. I don't get it. Podcast.